listeners, this is Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars. We all love to eat. Well, I would like to tell you about my friends at the Rib Shack Barbecue on West Bay Drive in downtown Largo. Their menu offers family-sized takeout dinners like delicious ribs, chicken, beef, and pork, or sit-down barbecue dinners, sandwiches, and even desserts. They will also cater your party. Everything is barbecued fresh using real oak for that great smoky flavor. So visit my friend, Corey, at the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, West Bay Drive, or call them for a takeout order at 727-501-9090. That's 727-501-9090. They truly have the best smoking barbecue in town. Oh, and be sure and check out their great barbecue sauce. That's the Rib Shack Barbecue in downtown Largo, 727-501-9090. I'm telling Robert from Nostalgic Radio and Cars sent you. You may be owed some money. After 911 and 411, call 541. That's 727-541-1741. Call Gulfstream Motorsports for a diminished value report. Due to my 28 years experience in the auto salvage business, I'm very good with wrecks. So if your car's been involved in a wreck, call me for a diminished value report. Call 727-541-1741. You may be owed some money for the lost value of your repaired vehicle. And visit us at GulfstreamMotorsports.com. state is this? Sorry. You don't understand the question? I don't know. I Most people know where they are. Why ain't most people? You're in the glorious state of Arkansas, sweetheart. How'd you know they was lying? Well, this ain't Arkansas, so everyone is lying. Your idea is incredible. They can't argue with that. We pay for everything. So this country belongs to us. It's just business. Hunting human beings for sport. They're not human beings. <laughs> Every year, a bunch of elites kidnap normal folk like us. Where'd they get you from? Wyoming. Mississippi. Orlando. <laughs> and hunt us for sport. Hurry, hurry, hurry up! So it's true. We're being hunted. Hey! What are you awake? What is happening? Put him in the back with the rest. Now they can't see us. You just told them we're here. What was that? I think that was a rifle. Come on. Everybody get here! Jesus, come on! Who are these people? How are they getting away with this? You have no idea what you're up against. They're playing you! They'll tear you to pieces. We'll see. Of all the people you kidnapped, of all the people you killed, you picked the wrong game. Lady, you're crazy. And now... Hey, Rocky! Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat! Again? Nothing up my sleeve! Presto! No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like.
All right, folks, here we are today. Cars, stars, and rock and roll. We are with Nostalgic Radio and Cars and having such a good time today. 25 the 50, 50 bucks. Hey, we're having a big time. Tell Here's em. the big rock. Come on down, Nostalgic Cars and Radio. Radio and Cars. We're Radio doing and it, Cars. Folks. That's right. See, because, you're the best, Mama. Hey, that's all right, because you got to hear about it, then you got to be able to drive it. Nostalgic Radio and Cars. That's right, folks, and don't forget to pay the lady. <laughs> Okay, listeners, welcome. You're tuned into Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and I'm your show host, Robert. Run your computers in Google Tan Talk 1340.com, and you can see us live here in the studios in downtown Clearwater. Don't forget to check out our website, GolfStreamMotorsports.com. We can find out all about us. And if you've missed any of our past shows, 500 to be exact. Yes, 500 shows. Well, coming up in 10 years, so I guess that's pretty good. Anyway, go to Nostalgic Radio and Cars, and you can listen to all those shows and shows. Go through our archives and uh, enjoy it. At any rate, good evening, Tommy. How are we doing tonight? I'm doing great, Robert. Happy St. Patty's Day to you. That's right. It's St. Patrick's Day. Now, I wonder how uh, uh, O'Keefe's is doing down the street with the COV. Is it 19 or 20 now? I'm not sure what it is. You know, COV. I guess what it's are, still 19, but I, they don't have a party outside. Their party is inside. Their party's inside. Okay. And then all the bars are closed. Obviously limiting the number of people. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Well, you know, this thing's kind of, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure what to make of this whole thing. It's kind of interesting. But, uh, you know, we've had uh, me being the ultimate conspiratorialist. Yeah, you know, I probably won't share my thoughts tonight. But I'm suspect of this whole thing. I think there's somebody in the woodpile here, as they say. At any rate, this show is about cars, nostalgic radio and cars, where you can listen to us every week, where we interview some of the most legendary and fascinating, or fascinating and legendary people in the motorsports world. And we have a very delightful guest coming on this, uh, in the show a little bit later this evening. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. And we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's going on in the automotive world, the auction world, autonomous car world. Which, you know, it is, as they say, it's a changing world. It's a different world than what uh, what I grew up in. And it's interesting because, you know, you talk about, um, we use the term generational a lot. And that's just a fact of life. I mean, you know, I don't collect Model Ts or Model As or turn-of-the-century cars, although I appreciate those cars. And I've started to gravitate to those cars a little bit because I grew up, you know, with 60s, 70s cars, muscle cars, sports cars. I like 50s cars, so anything from 50 to the early 70s, I know pretty well. After 72, 73, 74, eh, I kind of quit looking at cars because they got pretty crappy. And today, frankly, they look all alike. I mean, I was on the, the uh, parkway today, buzzing around, or Tampa, wherever it was today, taking care of business. And I really have a hard time distinguishing a Toyota from a Hyundai from a, from a Bonsai Toyota Special. I mean, they all look alike to me, you know. I mean... Uh, and they copy everybody. I mean, you know, Subaru looked almost like a Ford Escape going down the road today, and I wasn't sure what that was. And, you know, I mean, the cars just don't – I mean, the sports cars, the more radical cars, the more exotic cars, obviously they look a little bit different. And uh, you can tell them. Uh, some of the SUVs, yeah, okay. But, you know, there's, there's this uh, consolidation in the industry, which is probably something we'll talk about here in a little bit because I'd like to get this person's take on it. I'm not a big fan of that. I'm still a big fan of the big three. 
I like the old days when a, when a Ford looked like a Ford, a Chevy looked like a Chevy, a Chrysler looked like a Chrysler, a Jaguar looked like a Jaguar, a Porsche looked like a Porsche. You know, I mean, I was up at Amelia Island. Was Amelia Island last weekend? No, the weekend before last. <clears throat> and, of course, we, last week we had Bobby Ray Hall. In fact, last week we were supposed to go to the St. Pete Grand Prix, and it got canceled. Uh, Sebring is supposed to be this weekend, and it's canceled. All kinds of stuff's getting pushed back till November. Uh, Monterey, we actually talk about that, and you hear me talk about the four major events. Um, you know, you got Scottsdale, Arizona. You've got Amelia Island. You've got Monterey, and you got SEMA. So uh, some of the events, I'm told, will still take place at uh, Monterey. Uh, SEMA, no word on that. Haven't got any news bulletins or any media uh, updates or anything like that. But anything else between now, any other motorsports events and sporting events, any kind of events, as well as um, probably um, concerts and stuff like that, has been postponed for the next couple, two, three months. And I know my son, he's not even going, he's at UCF, and he's um, basically told to just kind of work from his apartment. So... And I get all that, and and I think the precautions are kind of necessary. Don't you agree, Tommy? Oh, sure, absolutely. You know, I mean, we really don't know. I mean, there's this there's this uncertainty and there's this unknown out there. And anytime you have that, you know, it's better to be safe than sorry. It's kind of like the other day I was talking to somebody about doing some repair work on a roof, and I said, you know, that roof has got a 16 foot eave height. Now, if I was 20 years old, I'd probably climb up there because maybe if I slid off, I wouldn't get killed. I might get hurt, but today at this age, I don't take those chances. I, I hire professionals to do professional stuff or have somebody professional do whatever it is professional, even though I'm a tinkerer and I can do a lot of stuff and have. But at any rate, so uh, the word on the street is, you know, just better safe than sorry. In fact, I stopped by my good friend Bill up there at PJ's Auto World a little while ago on the way in to the studio, and Bill wouldn't even shake my hands. He said, no, I'm not shaking hands with anybody. And I go, okay, fine, no worries. And then a few minutes ago, what did we get? Tommy and I got this, what what we thought was an Amber Alert, but it said, oh, don't, uh, what did it say? Do you remember what that alert said? Something about... Uh, Just a reminder, like, to wash your hands and stay six feet away from people. And in groups of less than 10. Correct. S- something to that effect. Okay, so, you know, this is pretty serious. You know, they had, what was that other thing? The SARS, and then we had some other stuff going on, and all the stuff originated from, you know, somewhere over there in Asia. Um, and Asia is a pretty big continent, by the way, so it's... Asia, it's Russia, it's the, you know, Far East, um, Mideast kind of tags it a little bit, you know. I mean, learn your geography. Seven continents, right? <laughs> I always tell people that. You know, I really get irritated when they sit there, so, oh, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're Asian. I said, okay, you know, uh, well, you know, you're Oriental. At least when I grew up in San Francisco, you know, we had Chinatown, and it was, they used the term Oriental, so you're Oriental, you know, I mean. You know, now I mean, if, if you say you're Asian, well, you could be Russian because Asia includes Russia, at least back when I went to school in, in geography, you know, I think. You know, of course, they don't teach geography anymore. They don't teach history anymore. They don't teach anything anymore. They teach you how to be uh, a, 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 an it. Oops, did I say that? Okay, whatever. Um <laughs> We're car guys. We're gonna talk. We're gonna talk about cars. We're gonna stay off politics and religion. You mean twit? Twit. No, that's that's right. But yeah, 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 yeah. No, you got to be careful because you just you just nailed the other gender. Well, one of three genders now. I'm not even sure what we got going on anymore. All I know is you know. Hey, what can I say? Uh, if you want to find out what's going on in the car world, um, you know, I forgot to even look. Let's see. Uh, to see if FLA Car Shows was doing a uh, 
a little thing on how many car shows are. <laughs> I type in FLA car shows and it comes up a Florida man. Um, I don't know if you guys know. I think there's a Facebook page for that now. You know, everything's uh, a, a Florida man here, particularly for those of us in the state of Florida. You know, a Florida man, a Florida woman, a Florida something or other. You know, there's, you know, all right. So we're south of the Georgia border and Alabama border and whatever else is over there on the other side that tags us. But at any rate, uh, so car shows, I think, have been um, postponed, major ones. I think that the uh, Bill was telling me that the uh, at PJ's Auto World there was telling me that uh, there was uh, Punta Gorda has a classic car auction this weekend, and I think that was postponed. So this is really kind of creating not only uh, it's affecting everybody. It's kind of like it doesn't matter what what line of work you're in, what industry you work, what hobby you do. Um, everybody's just kind of like in a holding pattern, you know. So okay, I get it, but it's better to be safe than sorry. But the fact that it's actually happening, and when you hear people say, "Wow, I never thought I'd hear that, see this in our lifetime," hey, you know, this is just uh, what it is. But anyway, back to the car thing and the generational thing that I was talking about. So we got to get more kids involved in the hobby. We got to get uh, people interested in in what's going on. And the thing about car hobby is, is that you know, it's just kind of like a neutral thing. Everybody's into the cars if you're into cars, and uh, it's so it doesn't matter whether you're in a Hot rods, classics, gassers, tuners, it's a car hobby. We're all into it, you know, and we all kind of dig it. So it's just kind of, and it's, and, and, and collectively, we keep the hobby going. That's really what the objective is. Collectively, regardless of what your interests are, whether you're into turn of the century cars, whether you're into, you know, vintage road race cars, whether you're into drag cars and classic cars, muscle cars, restorations, beaters, you know, it's whatever we got to do collectively to work together in the hobby world, the automotive hobby world, to kind of keep this thing going. And that's this, that's it. So you got to get people involved. you got to expose people to it, you know, and have them kind of experience it. You know, that experience is really what uh, gets people to gravitate to a hobby, whether it's cars, whether it's music, whether it's collecting stamps, whether it's, you know, dancing, whether it's, uh, you know, um, crocheting. <laughs> Uh, any of that stuff, you know, you got you know, you experience it, and and listen, if somebody enjoys something, let them have fun with it, you know. If anything, encourage them. I mean, you throw the stuff out there and let them see what they gravitate to, and then whatever they gravitate to, which it's kind of like a natural instinct, um, then let them do that and support them, you know. So that's why you know, like you like cars, you like boats, motorcycles. Can't forget motorcycles. There's a lot of bikes out there. And uh, it's just that here in Pinellas, it's just so hard to ride a bike. I used to love riding motorcycles, and today I'm scared to death to be on the street here, much less drive a car. I'm scared to death. I drive Little Miss Money Penny around every way, and uh, that's our little 74 MGB GT. And uh, the roads, man, they're scary out there for little guys. Um, I mean, you see the big 4x4s coming up behind you, and these big trucks and these big SUVs. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm on the SUV thing. I will gripe about one thing. Nothing irritates me more. Then you get some pint-sized little twit, okay, driving a giant, massive SUV that they have no use for, okay, but it looks cool, and it's trendy. And then they sit so low, you can barely see their knuckles on the steering wheel. 
If you're in up high, you need to be able to sit as high as you can in the vehicle, regardless of what the vehicle is, so you look down over the hood, the trajectory of the hood, the angle of the hood, so you can see what's in front of you. Do not rely on technology. Like, oh, I got, uh, you know, whatever the thing is, that uh, distance thing in your car that if you get too close to somebody, it reacts. Because it's mechanical, it's technical, and it could fail, you know. And best example is the guy that was driving the Tesla, and he was going down, he was doing 70 miles an hour just outside of San Jose. And, oh yeah, I think it was time for some Tesla bashing a little bit later in the show. Oh yes. But anyway, so he was playing a video game, and at 70 miles an hour, when the car kept saying, hey, dope, you know, Mr. Tech dope, grab the steering wheel, okay? This is like, we're semi-autonomous, not 100%. Playing a video game, and he slams into a wall at 80. At 70 some odd miles an hour. And then they're trying to blame Tesla. It's Tesla. That's not Tesla's fault. You were not, not using the car properly and, you know, playing a video game, going down the road. I mean, I'm in a truck most of the time. So obviously I can see if people are texting or playing with their phones and stuff like that. And I, like today, today is a good example. I pulled over the side of the road, hit my flashers because I had to send some messages, some texts and stuff before I, on my way to the show. And a road ranger off the interstate pulled up behind me because my flashers. And he walked up and asked me if I had any issues. And I said, no, not really. I was texting. I needed to text, send a message. So rather than drive down the road, I pulled off the road so I couldn't get a ticket. And then I did whatever I had to do. But it was I was thankful that the road ranger actually pulled up behind me because I could have had a problem. But I put my flashers on just so nobody would run into me because I thought that was the right thing to do. Nonetheless, hey, I think what we need to do is put something on the turntable. Now, I think this first song is, is this Beastie Boys? This goes out to Radio Rob, because I know he loves the Beastie Boys. You're tuning into Nostalgia, we're going Cars, don't touch that dial, we'll be right back. the best brews in Tampa Bay at Dunedin Brewery. Known as Florida's oldest microbrewery, they are always working to create a unique variety of craft beers for every taste. In addition, Dunedin Brewery features a full menu, including everything from their famous wings, burgers, salads, flatbreads, and more. Don't forget about their live music, including the Wednesday Night Players Jam. That's Dunedin Brewery, 937 Douglas Avenue in downtown Dunedin. Visit them online at dunedinbrewery.com. 
Looking for car shows? Then look no further than FLACarshows.com. On your computer or on your mobile device, FLACarshows.com is a comprehensive list of automotive events plus videos and news articles. Whether you're looking for car shows, cruise-ins, meetups, automotive festivals, cars and coffees, or anything else relating to an internal combustion engine, then this is a site for you. Check it out online or on your phone at FLACarshows.com. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning into Nostalgic Radio Cars. And I was just on the website here for flacarshows.com, and uh, looks like a lot of shows are still going on, a lot of local ones. Okay, so that's pretty cool. That's good news. So I was just flipping around there again, flacarshows.com, and that's all the stuff going on in Florida. So um, there's no mention that some of these things are uh, being canceled, and uh, so that's good. That's good for us car guys. At least we got a place to go and hang out, and you know. Show off our uh, our wares, as they say. Uh, if you caught the beginning of the show, I played uh, what was the name of that? What was that movie clip? The Hunt? Is that what it was? Now there's a play on all this, okay? Because of the, this virus thing. Uh, again, I'm not going to get into my uh, the. Uh, is that the movie that they did not release at some point, but are now re-releasing it? Yeah, I think that's it. I'm not sure, but you know, it's basically the hunting kind of, the, uh, the us, uh, the average guys. You know, like the, was, yeah, the deplorables. The deplorables. That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Which I kind of you know, there's a tie into that whole this whole COV19 slash 20 thing. You know, so but that's. Another story for another. See, now that's a debate for what's Bill's show again? Only in America, the Only American Minute. That's it. Okay, so we'll have to discuss that on Bill's show because he's got a political show. I don't. I'm not. You know, I'm even though I'm very political. I'm not. Uh, we we try to avoid it here on this show. But I will say, and then of course, Beastie Boys. The reason I played that is because a Radio Rob loves that show, that song, and secondly, it's. Uh, oh yeah, it's uh, what's it? It's uh, St. Patty's Day. So go out and party. You know, have a good time. You know, it's like there's a show here in the afternoon. It's called Doctor Ben. Is that what it is? Or no, Pharmacist Ben, right? Is that what the show is, Tommy? It's called Bright Side with Doctor Ben. That's Pharmacist it. Ben, yes. That's it. Okay. So he, you know, and you listen. He's a pretty good guy. I like the show. It's pretty cool here. So you can hear it only on the Tantalk Radio Network here in the Tampa Bay area. But anyway, so Pharmacy Ben says basically, look, you got to live your life. Don't get consumed with this. Take the precautions. Be smart. Okay, I mean, you should be washing your hands. You should be hygienic anyway, you know, and, uh, you know, and using sanitizers and all that kind of stuff, because there's just all kinds of stuff out there these days. And um, it's a different world, right? That's what they always tell me. It's a different world today. But anyway, so it's always good to do that. So but you live your life, you know, don't uh, don't 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 quarantine yourself, you know, because that's ridiculous. I mean, if it happens, it happens. Hey, take a lot of vitamin C. As pharmacist Fonte would say, if he's listening. He would say, make sure you keep your immune system strong and fortify yourself with vitamins. And, uh, you know, the natural way to to, uh, to make yourself hardy, as they say, and fit. Now, I think what we're going to do is we're going to go ahead and uh, get our guest here on the show in a few minutes because uh, this particular individual is very informative and very knowledgeable and is a very good speaker. So I'm delighted to welcome this person back to the show. In the meantime, I think Tommy's going to fire up the stereo again. And... Uh, Oh, how about a little uh, 80s cult action here? Um, the Cult, great band. She sells Sanctuary. Hey, you're tuned into Nostalgia Radio Cars. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Nostalgia Radio Cars.
close are we to a self-driving world? You may have seen self-driving cars on the news, splashed across the internet, or even testing around your city. But most of those cars still have a human in the driver's seat. And that means it's probably a level two or three car, which is definitely more independent than the car you might drive, which is probably a level zero or one, but it's still a far cry from our dream ride, which would be a level five or four. Let me explain. SAE International has divided autonomy into five stages. Level one is driver assistance, and level two is partial automation, which you can already find in cars we drive today. Here, the car can do some of the steering, braking, and accelerating, but still needs a driver with hands on the wheel because levels one and two are still just driver support. Level three is conditional automation, which means that the car is pretty much in control, but requires human intervention in an emergency or when prompted by the system. The ultimate self-driving car would be operating at a level four or five, where it can steer, brake, accelerate, monitor the road, respond to random events, choose to change lanes, turn, and of course, use its blinker like any decent citizen. Fast forward to 2009, when he starts a little project called Waymo in secret. In 2016, Waymo spins off from Google. And in a few short years, the industry has erupted with established tech and car companies just as eager as startups to get in on the action. Waymo is probably the recognized leader. GM bought cruise automation. Argo AI here in Pittsburgh is one leading player. BMW, Mercedes are all working on their own projects for self-driving cars. It remains to be seen whether it's a good investment or not. Hi, this is Etzel Ford with the Ford Motor Company, and you're listening to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. Enjoy the show. Okay, we're back, and you're tuning us to Nostalgic Radio and Cars. It's time to introduce our special guest for the evening. This lady's been on our show before. She's an alumni. She's a very good personal friend of mine. And she's a world-famous automotive journalist, and you can see her on most of the major networks from time to time. And delighted to welcome to the show this evening the car coach herself, Lauren Fix. Hey, Lauren, how you doing, girl? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> so how is uh, how are things up there in the 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 should I say Rust Belt or Industrial Belt? Uh, it used to be the rust belt, but not too many cars are rusting like they used to in the 70s. Remember all those days? Oh, Get I'm... on a bucket of Bondo and some failing wire. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and you can make it look like new. A little caulk, right, a little... Right, right. I actually know someone that used aluminum foil at one point. They're trying to sneak out with selling cars, you know, paint over it. Don't push in that area. <laughs> So I played that little clip on the autonomous uh, cars. Reason because it's kind of kind of like a, an, an issue, and of course, you know, it's it's our favorite time to do some little Tesla bashing because I brought that up about the guy that was playing with the video games and then runs his car into a wall at seventy miles an hour and then blames Tesla. Well, he did, but his family did. But, That's it. Uh, you know. So so how are we progressing with this autonomous thing, and what's your thoughts on it? Well, a lot of things have changed. You know. We know that since 2009, Audi was one of the first people to run an autonomous car up Pikes Peak. And it was cool because it was almost like a remote control thing. They operated it by computers. It made it to the top. It's possible. And then uh, the following year, we as automotive journalists had an opportunity to go from Palo Alto, which is like the, the hub of all this technology, to Las Vegas for the Consumer Electronics Show. And we drove Audis, and they would stop at the border of Nevada and California. We had to change license plates because every state had its own plates. And we, of course, didn't. We drove them because we sat in the passenger seat. 
but there was somebody, I'm sorry, we sat in the driver's seat, someone sat in the passenger seat, and you had to be ready to grab the wheel. Now, things have changed a lot. Yes, the, it is possible here in 2020. Is it going to happen? No. you're not. I don't think you're going to see autonomous cars, a full level five, which means fully autonomous. You can sleep behind the wheel, do whatever, ignore the, you don't even need a steering wheel, which I'm not in for. That's an amusement <laughs> ride. Um, I'm not in for no pedals. No pedals, no steering wheel is an amusement ride. Yeah, that's right. Uh, we were on a path to a faster potential of it coming until the death of that lady in Arizona with an Uber. It wasn't because the driver was ignoring the steering wheel. It was a combination of problems. First, yeah, he wasn't paying attention. Secondly, um, you know, I don't know what he was playing, Candy Crush or whatever he was doing, <laughs> but the lady crossing the street. The, steering, the car didn't see it. Now, it wasn't Volvo's fault because their technology was removed, and they had another brand of technology in there. So oh. with that thought in mind, it really caused a lot of doubt with people. And the perfect way to prove this to the average person who thinks, it's possible, it's coming next year. Many vehicles you can purchase today, even a Ford Escape, can per- parallel park and perpendicular park by just pressing a button. You don't have to do anything. It's the coolest thing to show your friends. Hey. Hey, you got to check this out. No, I'm going to press this button. Watch, watch. My hands are <laughs> off the wheel, and it parks in this nice spot. You do it once or twice. If you know how to parallel park, you'll never do it again. You use it to show a couple friends. You know, and that's the problem is people start thinking that, you know, this makes sense, but then they start thinking twice and thinking this doesn't make any sense at all. Well, now... So I, I think we're far off. Um, what... Now... I was just commenting on this earlier because, you know, like I was in a car the other day riding with somebody and we got kind of close to somebody, but we were engaged in the conversation, blah, 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 blah. You know, guys actually do that, not just girls. And all of a sudden the car basically threw us into the windshield. And so that kind of annoys me. It's called forward collision warning. That is in in a lot of uh, vehicles these days. Well, you know, I'm not so sure. I mean, granted, we weren't, he was in control, but it, it happened prematurely and caught us off guard. Does that make any kind of sense? And it's like, well, wait a minute. I sure, would have, absolutely. I would protecting you. Yeah, I, was, I would work, you know, walk into the brakes. This thing basically just like, you know, reacted a little early and, and caught us off guard and just like hammered the brakes. And I thought, ah, something's not right here. And uh, and I, I actually I was in a couple of vehicles over the last year or so and it, it did that kind of stuff and I'm not comfortable with that and I, can you bypass that or is that just the way it is? It depends on the vehicle. Uh, some vehicles have it connected to cruise control, so when you put your cruise control on, if you leave it on, and you you tend to be one. Everyone kind of knows. You can be honest with yourself. You don't have to tell everybody else. Yeah, I get distracted with you know the coffee, the phone, the radio, yeah. whatever, and, and you decide you want to leave that on it will actually save you from hitting a car in front of you. It will intervene and slam on the brakes, and it is aggressive. Now, there are people like you and I who go, are you kidding? I pay attention <laughs> to what I'm doing. I'm not yes. on my phone. Robert, I know, I know you're a good driver, so you're paying attention to what you're doing. You're not going to be doing that. And when it does intervene, it's aggressive. I'm, I'm, my Audi has it, and I shut it off. Now, some cars don't let you shut it off. Um, it, even if your cruise control is not on, it is built in. And again, it depends on what you're buying, and you can check. You should check. If you really don't want it, check before you buy the car, used or new, because if it has it and it can't be disconnected, don't buy the vehicle if you're going to hate it, because it's going to make you hate the car. Tell us now what the car coach does. Give yourself a little uh, 
plug here. Tell everybody kind of what you do, and then I have a question because I I I, I my I'm gonna well, I'll, uh, about cars in general afterwards. Okay, about these cars that are so high tech now. Go ahead and tell us what. So if people want to find out more about you right. as a car coach, how they do that, and what you do. Well, uh, I've been I've been involved in helping people for over 30 years in the auto industry, whether it's buying, selling, or maintaining. Uh, I'm an ASC certified technician. I'm a member of the Society of Automotive Engineers. I used to design braking systems and suspension components. I've been racing cars since 1980. Don't do the math. Uh, I <laughs> restore cars. My, hus- my husband does some of the best 65, 66 Shelbys in the entire planet. Uh, he's one at Amelia Island and, and pretty much every show you can imagine. Um, his car was also a Franklin Mint model car. So he's, oh, wow. he's in, that's how we met each other because of Shelby Mustang. So um, we parked next to each other at a cruise night. And I had a late model Mustang that was totally, totally modified. I mean, I put a nine inch rendon in the header, totally modified it, and he was driving a 65 Shelby, and we started talking. So hence our daughter's name is Shelby. So yeah. <laughs> we're a bit, a bit obsessed. Uh, but, you know, as, as, we, as part of what I do is I review cars, I talk about the automotive industry, the energy industry, um, because my background is also economics and marketing communications. That's all just keeps, I have a really multifaceted background, but if it's anything automotive, I've done it. Um, but you can, I write for everything from Forbes to ABC.com, Newsmax. Uh, I do a his turn, her turn with my co-host, Paul Bryan. I write for Community Digital News. Uh, I do a weekly radio segment. I'm the automotive expert for the Weather Channel and Inside Edition. Oh, wow. So I've got a lot going on. So I am the car coach. You are the car coach in person. Yeah. Lauren, let me ask you this. Okay, yeah. so here's a concern I have. I'm, I'm, let's say I'm a car dealer, okay? And and so mm-hmm. if I'm – it's it's gotten to the point now, and, and Carfax has kind of made a thing, kind of kind of throwing a wrench into our business a little bit because um, – and one of the things that I do mostly is, like I said, I write diminished value and total loss reports and stuff, so I'm dealing with this on a day-to-day basis. But – as a dealer and as a guy that's selling cars, I am scared to death to sell a you. If you say, "Hey, Robert, could you go to the auction and get me a car?" I say, "Sure, no problem, Lauren. I'll go. To, what do you want?" You know. But I used to do that with no problem, with no care. Today, I, I because I write those diminished value reports, and because these cars are so sophisticated, I actually tell my customers, "Listen, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll walk, tell me what you want. I'll go to the car to the dealership. I'll go to the sales manager." And we'll put together a deal with you there, and then that way you get a certified pre-owned car that you've got for the duration of the warranty mm-hmm. plus the extended warranty. Because my concern is, is when these cars are out of warranty, the cost to repair yep. and to maintain them. Your thoughts? Absolutely, absolutely. All right, I won't pick a brand, but we'll just say some of those really cool multimedia interfaces. You know, with the big screens. Pick a brand, any brand, hmm. and it could even be Tesla, my most unfavored brand. But all <laughs> of that. Pick- and pick a German car, pick a Japanese car, pick an American car, whatever. Big screens, lots of cool technology, fiber optic, mild hybrid. So you're thinking, this is great. I get quick off the line. It's better for the you know environment, blah, blah, blah. Now the car is three years old and it's outside the warranty. Most of them are three years, 36,000-mile warranties. Some go as far as five. The Koreans go as far as 10 on driveline only. Mm-hmm. But after five years... If you've got an electrical glitch, and I had a friend who did, your car's going to get torn apart. Now, as a restorer, I have zero interest in ever restoring these cars. Uh, And I'll tell you why. A friend of mine had a German brand with three initials. We won't say the brand. Uh, (laughs) That narrows it down. (laughs) And, of course, 
Yeah, yeah. And it was a competition, so it was like really done. He hadn't even put it on the track. He was just driving it around town, kind of getting used to it. Had it for about four months, and suddenly all the screen went black. So he went to the dealer, no big deal. And the dealer's like, oh, ooh. They couldn't figure it out. They get a guy in from the corporate office. That guy can't figure it out. They've sent a guy in from Germany. He spent three months with the guy didn't have his vehicle for three full months. Maybe the dealer paid everything. They were really great. They got him a loaner car. No, no payments. The fact is they had to rip the car apart because all of those internals are fiber optic. Like oh, you're thinking man. that high-speed internet, it had to be ripped out of the car completely in a full new harness because something was wrong with the harness. So it wasn't just like, oh, we'll just replace a dash harness on a 65 Mustang. No, no, no. This was tear out the whole complete interior and totally rewire the car. took the guy three months, and he was there from Germany. So uh, before you think you want to buy these used cars, and like you said, I used to go to auctions, too, and buy cars for people all the time. I always tell people, buy the brand from the brand. So if you want a certified pre-owned Volkswagen, you go to a Volkswagen dealer. You want a certified pre-owned Corvette? You go to a Chevy dealer, and the reason is they'll extend the warranty that's factory. Yes. If I buy a used Mini from a Land Rover dealership, the Mini dealer will stand behind it, but you're not getting You get 90 days, and you're on your own. If there's a problem and the dealer sold you something that they didn't know about because it's not their brand. So the best thing you can do is go to that brand to get your best deal because, one, they're going to be more negotiable. They'll know it needs to be repaired, and they'll do the repair for you rather than buying it from one dealer running it over to the other brand and asking them to do all the recalls, technical slivers, bulletins, called TSBs. That's when, not just time-consuming, but time is money for everybody. So where do you think the used car market is? I mean, we we know about classics and antiques. That's a different world. But now these newer mm-hmm. cars, you know, when they're five, and I see them now because now it's we're really deep into it. We're 20 years into these really high-tech cars as of the early 2000s. And I hear this constantly mm-hmm. from people. Well, I bought this used BMW, or I bought this used Lexus, or I bought this used... Well, the parts now suddenly are, and a friend of mine's going through this right now with a Lexus. He's got a 2007 or 8, whatever it is, Lexus. Somewhere. The parts are mm-hmm. obsolete. They can't fix it. The car's beautiful. The car runs and drives great. It goes down the road. It tracks. It does whatever mm-hmm. it's supposed to do. Air blows ice cold. But he's got minor mechanical issues, and he's got an electrical issue. And suddenly... Don't go to the dealer for the repair. That'd be the worst place to go. But the, but the average the dealer's going to charge you the highest amount. Yeah, but the problem is, is a lot of the information is, and how true is this? Okay, Lauren, I'm asking you. They say the, a lot of the information to fix these cars is proprietary. So unless you're a dealer, you have access to this information. The average guy out there, unless he has, he upstates his his uh, what's the word I'm thinking of his his uh, diagnostic equipment and tools and software and all this stuff, which is expensive mm-hmm. for for the small yep. guy. He can't do it. He can't fix the car. And then the quality of the parts is... Remember the movie Tommy Boy? Yes, I do very much. Okay. The story of somebody I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, in the industry, when when uh, Dan Aykroyd there, you know, he wanted to buy the company because he wanted to buy the brand, the name, so he'd keep right. the box right. and put his cheap, crummy little part in there and then sell it. And people thought they were buying that brand, but they weren't worth it. And I'll give you a good example. There's a bearing company, and the it's out of Michigan. Been around forever. Well, now I the bearing. There, I know who it is. Yeah. Okay, their bearings yeah. are made in China now. The box says printed in USA. The parts are inferior. So here, the poor mechanic has got to 
stand behind this part. It fails. Now he's going to take the part, part the, the part, car part again, the suspension part, replace the bearing, yep. and, and oh, he'll get a new bearing. But who pays for the time, the inconvenience of both the mechanic and the owner of the vehicle? And this is where we're going with these used cars. You know, right. you, you can't fix them. You can't service them. You can't get the quality parts. What's the consumer to do? All right. Well, first off, you've touched on a very important subject called the Right to Repair Act. Now, I'm part of the Car Care Council, the Auto Care Association, same thing. Uh, we have been fighting for years to get this through the Right to Repair Act. That means that someone cannot say this is proprietary. Now, I will have a caveat. There is one brand that no one has any information on, and there's the only brand that is not an actual car dealership network that if you have a part that you need a part or you need repair you're screwed and that's tesla because they do not follow the regular dealership network which is there to protect the consumer they sell it as an electronics part as if you're buying a phone and you can't get parts unless you buy them from tesla if they don't have you listed as the owner and you bought it at an auction you're screwed you're out really if you want to get it repaired to do the work yourself no you can't get can't get parts unless it's like a tire but the rest of the stuff you can't because it's all proprietary. Other than that, every brand has worked to deal with companies like Pet Boys, right? So you go to your local Pet Boys and you pull in with your old Audi and you say, hey, listen, my Audi's a 2000 S4 and I need ball joints. They're going to have those parts. Those parts are available through aftermarket suppliers. And in many cases, those were the original suppliers of the components because they made so many A4s and S4s, right? Mm -hmm. uh, now, if you're looking at something super rare, like a BMW you know, i8, okay, different situation. <laughs> you're going to have to go to a dealer. But for the most part, I would tell you, don't go back to the dealer once it's out of warranty, although the dealers that are listening are going to be mad at me. The fact is, aftermarket companies that are bigger chains, like Napa or Pep Boys, they're, they're more likely to have the parts available. They'll know what they're doing. They'll have the equipment. Now, Joe's garage on the corner may be awesome, but unless he's invested in buying those updated testing procedures that interface to plug into your, on, it's called OBD, your onboard diagnostics, that is a computer connection to it, and he can read everything that's going on and what's wrong with it, if that person doesn't have it, then you have to go to a bigger chain or to back to the dealer. No, you could always cross-check prices. You know, hey, I need, uh, you know, half shaft. You check with the dealer. You can check, and also there's an app I actually like called RepairPal, uh, and I don't work for them or anything. I'm just something that I, I find pretty cool. You put in your year, make, and model of what needs to be done, and then you can compare. It'll tell you the cost of the prices. It'll tell you the cost of the labor or the, the parts, the labor, and then they'll have like a bell curve. So you can say this is the low end, this is the high end, and they recommend certain dealers that they work with. Really? Um, so that's another option. What's the yeah. name of that, that app again? Repair Pal. Repair Pal. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. I think there's another one called Open Bay. O-P-E-N and B-A-Y. And that's mm -hmm. Open Bays that are around your area for people that, you know, these are guys that are, in both cases, I don't. they're not related. They have certified technicians that work with them. In other words, if you've got a problem and you leave there and you go, oh, this guy didn't do the job right. You actually have a warranty standing behind it. The company will stand behind it. I know Repair Pal does it. I'm almost positive Open Bay does. And there might be a few others out there. I know AAA has their own repair service centers as well. They'll have the current technology because they have the funds to buy the current tooling. So don't think that unless it's a technical service bulletin or a recall, then you go back to the dealer. If it's a repair that you think, oh, boy, you know, it's a bearing, a bushing, you know, a ball joint, something along those lines, I would 
I hesitate to go to the dealer. Um, I have a Porsche Cayenne, and I, I've never been to the dealer. I bought it at a dealer, but and I bought it new, but I kept, bought it off the lease, and I love it. It's a diesel. That's probably why. Mm, and yes. But I don't, I've never even had the oil changed at the dealer. I either do it myself or I you know, call a friend of mine, and he puts in red line and a factory filter. Because the dealer charges two fifty, two hundred and fifty dollars for an oil change, because it's full synthetic. He charges me ninety dollars. The Let filter's me. only fourteen bucks. The filter inserts like, why would I pay two fifty when I can spend ninety? And it's still full. It's actually better quality oil than they would have given me. <laughs> what is your thought? That's why you do your homework and you shop around. <laughs> While we're on the subject and talking about you know used cars, service, and all that other kind of stuff, what about these, mm-hmm. you know, these insurance plans that they try to sell people? And I know that uh, one of the guys that uh, works here at the studio bought one of those, and there was so many, there was so much crap in the fine print caveats, yeah, that he basically uh-huh. got nothing. He paid for a policy, a couple thousand bucks or whatever it was, and they said, well, we'll fix any of your car if it's within you know this. He has, you know, so many years. And mm-hmm. so many miles. So, what's your thought on that too? Is mm-hmm. that is that another scam, so to speak? I am, yes, I am against all extended warranties unless they come from the manufacturer, okay. not the dealer, the manufacturer. So, you buy a brand new Honda Accord, and you're going to be an on the road salesperson, or you put a lot of miles on because your kid goes to college, and they say, "Hey, listen, you're buying this car new or certified pre-owned. We can give you an extra." I don't know, 20,000 miles for this price. It's not a Honda signed contract extension. Forget it. Any brand that's out there, they go out of business on a regular basis, number one. And what the big print giveth, the small print taketh away. Mm-hmm. Because the big print says, we'll cover everything. The small print says, and it doesn't have to be done with factory parts. And there's a deductible. And parts that wear and tear aren't included. And we only cover X amount of an air conditioning unit. And if you've got an engine problem, we're going to nail you for a percentage based on mileage. They get you. Your better bet would be if it's $30 a month to take that $30 a month and put it into a savings account. And then if your air conditioning fails, you go, I got the money and money left over. That that would be a much better choice than spending money on these warranty accounts. Because most of the time, like insurance on your car, which you have to have, at least in my state, you have to have insurance. You don't use that insurance. You'll, you'll own a car your entire life and say, I had a fender bender once, 25 years, right? <laughs> so they, who makes the money? The insurance companies do. That's why they're so wealthy. But the same thing goes with the extended warranty. If, you, if, they, if they're charging you X amount per month and they've got X amount of policies out there, they're making a lot of money. And they don't want to give it up to you to pay for the repair. They're going to make you pay a percentage of it, have some random... A mechanic do it who you don't know if they're even qualified or not and they're going to use potentially used parts rebuilt parts but certainly not factory parts what's the best advice you can give somebody um let's in other words you know it's like in the future here the cars i don't know how much more advanced they can get you know so we're not done yet there's a lot of cool stuff coming facial recognition fingerprint recognition you want to open your car just touch it with your finger Oh, it knows it's Robert. Let me set the let me set the sound system and the seat to your personal preference. It's coming, isn't? But but and I, and you're an old car gal too. I mean, you like you dig old stuff, old mm-hmm. vintage stuff. So I mean, yeah, and I, and love I have, the old stuff. I have a hard time coming to terms with. I think the cars are getting too sophisticated. 
people are basically relying on the technology and not paying attention that it's you're still driving a car you're on the road with other people if there's a screw up if you're relying on your technology and the technology fails you're not going to know what to do yeah i mean exactly it's like riding a bike yeah oh yeah i remember it's going to take a little bit for me to get used to it or my favorite because we know how millennials are and i have (laughs) two of them so i understand (laughs) you know I know you have one also. Yep. I mean, you think about it. They're so they're so ingrained in their phone. Can you imagine the car saying to you, "Please take over the steering wheel." Hold on, hold on. I have to hit send. Please take over the steering wheel. And you're like, but wait a second. I got to do this TikTok or whatever it is. <laughs> like, oh my god. You have to be. You have to be paying attention. I mean, they're saying that these autonomous cars. The big problem is people realize they don't pay attention. But beyond that, there are five factors the reason you're not going to see autonomous cars to circle it back to your original question. Number one, the insurance companies don't want to insure it. Whose fault is it? <laughs> Who wants that, right? Right. And number two, the government hasn't made any decisive decisions on whether there's even going to be steering wheels and pedals. And, you know, people are like, eh. And every time they do that, there's always some shuttle or some test vehicle that has an accident. So that's going to cause a lot of doubt in consumers' minds. Uh, you've also got a big factor of hackers. That's yes. huge. So, I mean, they still have not figured out a way to stop all hackers. Could you imagine shutting down the whole grid? One car hits the brakes on a highway, and so they boom, 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 boom. you got like a 200-car pileup. And it happens when there's one accident now with a person behind the wheel. And because computers never have problems, they never need to be rebooted, restarted. I just had a computer <laughs> lock up. I was editing this afternoon, and the whole... I have two screens going. The whole freaking screen locked up. I'm like, oh, no, because everything saves only portions of it. We know that is. We've all had that hard drive failure or whatever. I'm sorry. We have to upload the updated software. Please remain calm on the side of the road while traffic whizzes by you. Yeah, no. I mean, I just see problems. My favorite problem, the one that no one can control, no matter what, is the weather. Now, Mm. you live in beautiful sunny florida i live in buffalo new york and when we have a snowstorm they may predict it but they might be wrong and it's the only job you can't get fired for being wrong every day and believe me they're wrong every day it was supposed to rain today it turned out to be a beautiful day and 55 degrees i mean so they're not 100 percent sure but if the weather changes suddenly and your car is notified of the weather it still cannot react if you're in the middle of a highway or a street or driving and a whiteout happens, or you're in the desert, and there's a sandstorm. I mean, all these are tornado. I mean, you want to escape from a tornado. I'm sorry. The car feels that it's unsafe for you to get in the vehicle. It's like, seriously, I need to get out of here. I'm sorry. There's no steering wheel or pedals. You know, it's like, oh, no, no, no. No. That's where a 65 Mustang or a 67 Camaro or whatever it is you drive this old, a 49 Ford is going to be much better choice to get the hell out of Dodge. Well, I have to agree with you there, me being a vintage car guy. And on that note, we are up against the clock, Lauren. So here's what I want to do. I'm going to try to sit there and schedule again here in the next uh, couple of months so we can talk a little bit about what's going on with future events, how this coronavirus has affected thing, how it's affected your industry, my oh, industry, and everybody. Story. So, uh, But we'll yep. definitely save that for, for, for down the road here because this is kind of – it's kind of a big deal. But at any rate, I want to thank you very much for coming on the show this evening and uh, – Pitch the car coach one more time. 
Uh, you can find me at laurenfix.com on all forms of social media. Sign up for my free newsletter at Car Coach Reports, and every Friday, I have an opinion piece of Four Minute Friday and lots of other cool info on my website. Very good. Lauren, you take care. Say hi to Paul and Shelby, and uh, we'll see you to the I next will. major event, and hopefully it'll be Monterey, right? Let's hope so. Yes, I look forward to seeing you. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much. Have a good evening. Hey, I want to thank all my listeners for tuning in to Nostalgic Radio Cars. Don't forget to check us out here every Tuesday night on the Tan Talk Radio Network between 7 and 8 p.m. for some of the most fascinating legendary names in motorsports. Hey, you know, it's St. Patty's Day, but you know what? The Rib Shack Barbecue, 501-727-501-9090 at 426 West Bay Drive. It's got some smoking ribs going on right now, so don't forget to, hey, hey, and they have beer too, you know? Might not have green beer, but they definitely got some good beer over there. So check out my friends at the Rip Shack Barbecue. In the meantime, I will see you guys at some of the car shows. Truly, take care of yourself. Stay safe, drive carefully, and love your family. WTAN, Clearwater, FM 106.1, WDCF, Dade City, FM 102.3, WZHR, Zephyr Hills, FM 104.3. Listen.